Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. grog. Hey everyone, it's uh, Peter Fickling here. Um, welcome to the Sideshed podcast. Um, it's a, a new effort from me and Kerry Warbis. You might have heard us out there in the podcast universe previously. We're, we've suddenly found ourselves rather available at short notice. And so we've um, hurried together um, this little effort and we brought along for the ride um, our, our new friend, uh, Matthew Weir. So Kerry, how have you been? Um, you, you know, you're keeping well? I am keeping well. Yeah, I didn't have much sleep last night, so I cannot be held accountable for my actions right now. Uh, but yeah, generally, very, very good. I'm pleased to be here with you too. So early disclaimer from Kerry there yep. <laughs> for, for the paucity of her performance. And, and Matthew, and, I mean, so uh, the, some people might have stumbled here and just, you know, and they're just big Archers fans. Oh, that's probably probably a good point. This is a podcast about the Archers. Is it? Uh, yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Minor detail I should have mentioned earlier on. But, yeah, um, and so you might know Kerry and I from that, but um, uh, Matthew uh, perhaps hasn't spent quite as much time on there. So, Matthew, have you got a, a little bit of an introduction? Um, well, I'm Matthew, um, Matthew Weir. I'm living in Portugal, lovely, hot, sunny Portugal, much like uh, British springtime, I gather, right now, yeah. <laughs> And, okay, so Matthew's um, smug. That's one thing you need to be known yeah, about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you would, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a teacher over here, but, you know, that's essentially a front now. I mean, my lessons are just me making 12-year-old Portuguese kids listen to the archers endlessly, and then I <laughs> just set them homework in which they have to write me their views and jokes about the show in a second language, and then I'm just going to come on here and pass it off as my own. Well, the, I mean, in, in future episodes, I would like to hear about if if there's any kind of equivalence, Portuguese equivalent. And if there is, we need a deep dive. This could be a whole, you know, a whole sideline. We could yeah. we could just forget about this and start a whole new podcast about the Portuguese equivalent. They love a good soap opera in Brazil. Mm. I know that, but I, they were quite disturbed by the idea of a of a soap opera on the radio. Uh-huh. Right. Plus they're also disturbed about the idea of a soap opera that doesn't have a beginning and an end. Most of them only last about nine months. <laughs> and, oh, and this is 70 years yeah <laughs> i mean i guess it's like so many things about british life you just take it for granted don't you that you know obviously at seven o'clock every night um four days a week hopefully eventually five days a week you can tune in and hear this absolute madness i mean that was one thing i was thinking carrie was mm. when we were um suddenly um made available was that a euphemism i used earlier on yeah when we were suddenly made available <laughs> that was our perfect opportunity to just run to the hills and get the hell away from the arches 
for good you know so we must love it if we're back for more yeah i've i've always said it's like being in a bit of a dysfunctional relationship uh which isn't very healthy really is it but i love it and sort of hate it at the same time quite often which quite i think a lot of people especially on the um tweet alongs are similar i think in that vein yeah but yeah, I, I don't know whether I've ever contemplated actually properly ditching it. I think the only times when I didn't really listen that much were when I was at university, um, which is pretty understandable. So there are there are sort of barren patches in my history, but not of late. Yeah, so you've got sort of like um, archers alopecia, but you'll probably <laughs> yeah. never go fully bald. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I had a period where I was massively barren. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I... That was mainly to do to move uh, moving down to Australia and just the the availability of something online. I mean, of course, there was the internet in the early 2000s, mm. but the ability to listen online just wasn't there. So I was kind of a 90s, late 90s listener, and I was kind of gone for a long time until um, the Rob Helen storyline actually uh-huh. what pulled me back in so when did you first start Matthew I don't think I know this Pro- about you probably mid to late 90s I mean okay. the real standout was John Archer dying yeah I remember but it, I'm very vague on that because I must admit you know um I was living out of home living in Bristol studying and you know, like you said you know it kind of took a little bit of a backseat mm. but it was something that I I like to have on in the background. But, but, uh, but when you first, sorry, I'm going to really, I need to know how, <laughs> how you very first came to listen. For most people, it's because their parents did and it was in the background. But it wasn't my, wasn't my parents. Yeah. It was my, my, my Auntie Mary. Shout okay. out to Auntie Mary. And I, I think she still listens from time to time now. Mm. Uh, she, if she hears this, she's probably screaming that she listens all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was kind of for her, and um, I liked the music actually as well. Mm. So, I'm watching the Queen's Gambit at the moment, and I, I'd much rather. I mean, just basically forget about what Matthew just said and reinvent it as uh, Matthew used to go down to the school basement where the janitor, kindly janitor, would let him listen to episodes, and they'd sit together. <laughs> he was like a, an early savant. So bring <laughs> the know, if you want to rewrite it as that, Peter, you do it. No, it's actually no. Now I've said it out loud. It's a bit controlling, <laughs> a bit weird. Talking of controlling and weird, mm. um, Jade. Yeah, she definitely is, weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matthew, you, while, while you were um, tending to your students' needs earlier on, Kerry and I were talking about about Jade and about how. What is it? So I think I think the actress did the best she could with some very peculiar scripting for for that character. And and I I quite like the fact that they do they they are giving airtime to these characters that might normally just be sort of like you know uh, um, silent, but she it, she has been spectacularly annoying. And, and she if if her only function was to drive us as listeners into the arms of the tra- uh, Jay, uh, Tracy and Jazza relationship, then she's done a very good job there. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, she's a mystery to me actually. I mean, I get Don't this initial mysteries. Oh yeah, don't mention the mysteries. Yeah, well they they didn't even get a, they barely got a mention this mm-hmm. one, did they? I mean, she's she like you said, she's annoying. Um, she's one of those people that seems to be uh, deliberately belligerent about everything, mm-hmm. easily upset. Um, I think we've all had periods in our life where we're a bit like that, but you normally grow out of it when you're about sixteen, seventeen, right? Um, 
so I didn't really understand. Is she a goth? I mean, he <laughs> bought her a black leather jacket. She wants to go to a 90s club dancing. Um, she's clearly younger than Jazzer, although I'm slightly vague on how old Jazzer is. He's about 35, I think. Yeah, yeah. mid 30s, because I get the idea that he's about 10 years younger than Tracy. But then she's also <laughs> culturally bereft, you know. She uses the term wazuk, which I've never heard used outside of Gloucestershire. Mm. And she thought that the idea of a fancy dinner was where Jim had napkins. <laughs> I don't know. I, I find her wholly bizarre. Yeah. I, I couldn't work out whether it was sort of not great acting or... When Peter mentioned the terrible lines, I thought, oh, actually, yeah, it was that, wasn't it? Uh, like you say, the Wazak thing. No one says, maybe she is from, where did you say, Wiltshire? Well, Gloucestershire, I think, is, I've heard Wazak used, maybe. I mean, that's mm. just the only place I've ever heard it used, but maybe it's used more broadly than that. <laughs> but she's... It's, it's, a, it's a Jeremy Clarkson type word, isn't it? I mean, you, it, you, it's a man in, you know, it's a man in jeans and a plaid shirt type word. word. It's not, you know, it's, it's not for, she must, I think she's 26, 27. I, don't, mm. I can't, cannot imagine in any part of the country a 26 or 27 year old woman saying, Wazak. But, mm. but would a 27 year old sort of say about being given some shower gel that I think it's code for you're a dirty cow? <laughs> <laughs> a slight overreaction. <laughs> But she was, but she's, she was always going to be find something. I mean, that that was just her. She needed an excuse to be offended. But why? And that's the one she why, chose. Why? 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 Did because she Jim gave it to her. Yeah, but he hasn't been that horrible to her, has he? Or horrible at all? He wasn't horrible at all to her. No, no. he was lovely. So what? What's her beef? She's such a she's such a minor character. So I don't want to sort of overthink it too much. But she's sort of mm. her, she wants to control. She's one of those people who wants to control her partner, and so she's got to drive a wedge between whoever she's with and um, people who might be competing for the affections yeah. or, or or time that she wants. Or she was just a massive mallet, a really <laughs> clumsy thing. Uh, being used, not a thing. She's not a thing. She's a person. By <laughs> um, <laughs> the skin of her teeth. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to literally just go make um, Jazza go, oh, actually, no, thank you. They made one of her um, less redeeming features was that she's massively ageist as well, isn't she? She's really yeah. got a thing about Jim. She kind of wanted to, she started suggesting there was an attraction. <laughs> between Jim and Jazza, and that's why he kept him around. Mm. And um, uh, and Linda, she made some ages. Yeah, yeah is Linda, Linda well. good looking? She asked, didn't yeah, she? No, she's yeah. seventy, which was a bit of a disappointing answer. But <laughs> what is it with you and old people? She asked Jazza, which is just yeah, yeah. And you know, like you said, Peter, if they wanted us to dislike her, they did a very good job mm -hmm. of it. Um, I'm just happy in the end that you know the Jazza's kind of kicked her to the curb. She's given Jazza the incentive he needed to mm. um, go and sort of declare his feelings to Tracy. And I just feel a bit sort of, I felt a bit sort of tired and sort of like sapped by the whole thing. I was so excited when, um, uh, I keep wanting to say, I hate the word Trazza, but when, <laughs> when um, Tracy and Jazza were potentially a, a couple, mm. I was so excited by that. And I was really looking forward to them kind of getting together. And it's all been handled so clunkily. I mean, this, Mm. Uh, they, they, it needed to have some background. They were always going to have to have a stumbling block. It was always going to have to be a bit sort of um, uh, um, 
cumbersome how they got together. But I was just trying to think, you know, any number of other ways. Like, I mean, mm. a good old erectile dysfunction plot, that could have been quite fun. You know, um, Jazza, <laughs> little Jazza uh, finally failing him after sort of 36 years of... Um, you know, um, good hard work. And then, you know, and we, we get some rather embarrassed bedroom scenes. Tracy would have been perfect for that. Mm. Yeah, it was. You don't sound enthusiastic there, Karen. I'm not really. I, I just think it's a bit sad now that we're talking about it. Um, it's not sad that we're talking about it, but <laughs> it is a bit sad now that we're talking about it, that um, what it took for Jazza to realise he actually prefers Tracy is for someone to really abuse Jim be really really rude go off the chart about napkins and stuff so you know he made this person a cake didn't he and which for Jazz is quite a thing quite a bit of Mm. effort to do bought her a biker jacket quite a bit of money so until the point where she went so odd on Monday's episode he was sort of into the idea wasn't he I think there's that kind of element of there, it was a lot of that was deliberately pushing him though. Cause did you notice when, when Jazza actually, when he snapped, mm-hmm. she kind of pulled back a bit like saying, okay, calm down. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted that reaction, but when she actually got the real reaction, she started to, mm-hmm. uh, to backpedal a bit, but the idea was, you know, it got, plus she has a laugh like Babs Windsor. Did you notice right at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> yeah. She had that real kind of snorty giggle. Mm-hmm. RIP Babs. Oh. Yeah, R.I.P. Babs. Yeah, but I'm glad to uh, so see. I, I, I'm glad to I, see the back of Jade, though. Yeah, me too. And her. So there'll be no more pasta tricks either with her nose. Oh, that was a good sign-off when you said, "And your, your pasta, your, your pasta tricks, disgusting." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't say that at the time. A bit strange. But, I mean, the big, the big, the big flaw in that whole plot, the whole Tracy and Jazza thing for me was that that Jazza basically gave up on Tracy because she because she was late for a, an evening with some pizza. That was the genesis of him sort of yeah. going, oh, you know, like, oh, I don't want to spend, any, you know, you've let me down tonight, so I get to go off and mm. basically knock boots with Jade. So the whole the whole Jade, the whole premise of Jade being in his life at all was sort of built on on sort of uh, fairly uh, shaky foundations. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm so, I'm so easily led. I love Jazza so much. Mm. He can. It's fairly. It's a bit like you with Brian Kerry. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot for me to dislike him, even when I know I should dislike him. I can't. <laughs> so I, I'll forgive him virtually everything. Yeah, and I, I did actually notice as well how brilliantly acted Jazza and Jim are. Again, you know, when they had their little conversations, I was like, I was really sort of sucked in to their little world. Do you mean when he went back and kind of had a heart to heart about how he'd broken up with her? And yeah, mm. it was really yeah, he's, good. He's, 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 um, um, Jim, Jim, when he first came onto the show, was very one dimensional, mm. and now, I mean, obviously, we had the the, uh, I nearly called that guy generic, <laughs> the, <laughs> the old guy who abused him. But anyway, sorry. Um, the the horrible plot line beyond that, yeah, that, that's mm. not that's that's it's not irrelevant. But that's not even the reason I'm saying it. Like he was already he's already starting to get there. His petty jealousy with um, um, Robert Snell. His his kind of like his the, the fact that he and Shula went back and forth, and he was quite conciliatory and sort of like um, yeah. quite graceful with Shula. Like he's become this very sort of nuanced and rich character. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I just liked that during that discussion, Jazza revealed about Tracy that um, she's a really good mate who I fancy. 
And I yeah. thought, that's perfect. Isn't that what you want? Yep. Yeah. Um, this is like um, uh, when I when I got um, married to my lovely wife, um, I sort of I said in our, in my speech, I was like I was like you know Charlotte and I have discussed sort of like love at first sight, and I you know Charlotte and I there was an instant connection when we first met, but like the whole idea of love, love at first sight, it's like it ignores the most important thing, which is I mean obviously you're not going to marry someone who you don't have great sex with, but but equally but equally if you you can't you the physical attraction is not enough that 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 sort of soulful mm. connection can't just happen across a room. So I always I always feel like love at first sight is almost kind of like insulting to your partner because it ignores that friendship, the depth of friendship you need to commit to someone. Yeah, and did you get a fry up after? That's the main thing. <laughs> I did. I did crack a rather cocksure <laughs> joke on Twitter about the fact that I'd already had ten fry ups. Um, Sounds know, like a really evening. good deal. That you get a shag and then a fry up. It's it always just... comes back to food with Jazza, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, he he was he likened her to a variety of pizzas, um, <laughs> True. single malts. Um, mm. He demanded a fry up after coitus. Mm. Um, I'm sure there was another another food. Oh, he had to sneak down and bring back a pancake up his jumper for Tracy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> She'd yeah. already done a runner, hadn't she? But if you, you know, like, uh, Matthew, you're well. Kerry, Kerry is um, uh, a famously meat obsessed um, <laughs> carnivore. Um, <laughs> sorry for the pause before carnivore, there, Kerry. Um, and, uh, but, and, and, and Matthew, I don't think we, don't think we mentioned this in your very brief bio earlier on, Matthew. But Matthew is obviously a trained chef. If if someone told, if 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 the, you know, cooking for someone is the easiest way. To keep them happy in the world, it's like there's no no sweat of you know mm. no um, sweat of my brow. Absolutely brilliant. I'd be over the moon. You want sex and then food? That's all you're asking from me. Brilliant. Yep. And we've all seen your um, homemade lasagna pasta, Peter. So. Yeah, Matthew's Matthew's inspirational. Yep. Um, if we get um, desperate for content, we might have to um, <laughs> we might have to sort of make um, Matthew's recipes a sort of a feature on the show. I, I really hope this is the end of the food sex thing for for. Jazza and Tracy, though, because I mean, the last time I heard Tracy cooking up something at home, it was baked beans and fish fingers for Brad and Chelsea. Yeah, and the idea of them getting getting frisky with that is not sad. I don't really want to get into that. Oh, I had some fish fingers last night. They were orgasmic. <laughs> <laughs> they literally were. <laughs> were they breadcrumbs or batter? Oh, breadcrumbs. Okay. Yeah. That's, Kerry's not an animal. Those, those, <laughs> I actually bought some of those batters. Well, anyway, that's, that's, yeah. we, we, might, we might be going off topic. But essentially, yeah. right, lads, do you think that, I know you don't like the Trazza term, but do you think that Jazza and Tracy are a good match? Because I do. I definitely do. And I, there's a lot of debate about this, but I think they can really make each other happy. The debate confuses me. It completely confuses me. Well, because it's they're so obviously perfect for each other. Mm. They they have they have high expectations in, to, in in all the right areas. They want to be entertained by the person they're with. They're with. They want to be made to laugh. They want to you know mm. knock boots. They want and and they're completely disinterested in appearances. So they'll be you know they can they can both be themselves, which I think yeah. is, is is obviously a bugbear for them. You know you have Tracy's. Um, you have Tracy's long settling in period when she was first working 
at Grey Gables because everyone was too busy judging her by her accent and by mm. her kind of slightly rough edges before they realised she was actually quite a sort of intelligent and sensitive person. So being with someone who is never asking any more than just, you know, an honest representation of who they are uh, is perfect. Yep. Them. Yep. I think some some people um, on Twitter have said Tracy deserves better and Jazz is just a layabout and stuff. Um, I don't see it that way. I think they're both lovely, lovely people essentially and they're very open with each other and that's what i love it's he's he's not performative that you have people who are desperate to show how good they are all the time when when anyone has a problem you know jazza is there he might grumble he might whine while he's doing it he might turn up a bit smelly a bit drunk but he gets it done Mm -hmm. looked after jim he's looked after tom enough times he was a good friend to ed you know, he is a he is a, fr- a friend in need. Matthew, what do you reckon about this pairing? Well, there's no. Um, he's very open, isn't he? I mean, he said to her, you know, if I got a great job, I'd never up and leave. And she said, well, you'd never get a good yeah, job. Yeah, <laughs> straight back in his face, like yeah. you're useless. What are you talking about? Um, I think they're a great pairing. I mean, who knows? There's ten there's ten years difference, uh, as mm. uh, I suspect, between them. Um, but the idea is that, you know, he's tried this, this, albeit very briefly, this life in the fast lane with this mysterious goth nasal pasta queen <laughs> and it hasn't worked out. And he's gone, he's gone back to um, what he thought would be a good thing before, although he was totally in denial about it, which is Tracy. I'm fine with Trazer, by the way, Peter. It's not a problem for me. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, no, I, I, think, I think they're a good pairing. I mean, I, what I was really happy about was when he was last week when he was looking at her in, a, in, a, in her yoga pants and he, he kind of paid her a whole bunch of compliments that he failed to use, like you know, half of my family are Scottish, I won't do the accent, but he failed to use the obvious one, which is like, you look no bad. And he used that this week with Tracy. He said, like, you're no bad in the sack, didn't he? And, you know, yeah, it was a done deal. Or something. Yeah. 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 They were good. It's very, very difficult to act sort of sexy you know, or aroused. And I thought they both did a good job of doing that without yeah. having us um, reaching for the off button. Where she said, I might need a bit more persuading. Yeah, the kiss was a bit unsexy for me, I must uh, admit. That's impossible, though, isn't it? Because it's right, because it's, it, it's because, you know, back to your, you know, this is where I'm on your student side, radio soap operas, because it's all in your ears, isn't it? I mean, um, Sid and Jolene is the famous one, mm. Ian and Adam, all of the, you know, all of, uh, you know, I'm not. What's that thing? What's that thing called where people listen to YouTube videos of people kind of sibilating and kind of like, you know, papping and or uh, ASMR or SMR? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, know what it's mean. called. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that's the opposite of me. I don't want any of that no. nonsense. So the sound of um, people kissing in my ears. I'm, I think most of us are saying no, thank you very much. But what I did like also, I've just remembered, is that Tracy sort of. You know, he was going, but 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 what about us having having a go at things? And she did make it clear that you're still a big kid. You know, I need more than just casual fun. So she she doesn't want to be messed about, and she's made that perfectly clear. Yeah, she she referenced the kids, didn't she? As yeah, well, you know, um, they've got a fairly soft landing there, haven't they? Given that he lives next door, so they it's not like. You know, it's a convenient setup. They can basically be living, they can basically see each other as much as they want, but they've got instant privacy. It's going to be fine, honestly. I should have I should have prefaced all of that by saying, penne for your thoughts, guys. 
that's the bit you need to edit out peter <laughs> yeah <laughs> well kerry and i were joking before before the episode about what you know whether we could just sort of um dial up one of your cracking puns and i think i've just made a decision in my head about <laughs> <laughs> Did you, have, you, have you just accidentally initiated the pun generator we were literally going to sort of go now matthew joke, joke time <laughs> come on and you've got to just come on, be like man. a performing seal yeah, exactly yeah next topic what is it <laughs> um so um we're recording on a thursday and so yesterday on the uh, when alice had just been caught by chris i felt this kind of gnawing despair i really wasn't ready for alice to relapse and then today i felt kind of buoyed by it and i, I felt actually felt quite sort of lifted by a lot of the reactions i saw on twitter where everyone was really giving chris a massive kicking were you were you on team alice on this one? Oh, i was i don't think chris deserves a kicking at all i think it's too tricky the whole situation yeah i think he's got he's well within his rights to be panicking like hell and not knowing what what on earth to do. You're you're 100 right about sort of in the in the bigger picture. Chris does not deserve to be given anything except for the benefit of the doubt. He's allowed a few or several or lots of missteps, but I think just in isolation for that episode, it was kind of like you know, he he um you I I I wasn't mm. ever cross with Chris, but it was just kind of like oh you know, it's just so obvious. Everyone's saying the same thing. They need to tell their family. Yeah, he needs to have a more nuanced and complete understanding. He needs to research what his wife's going through. He does, but in that very burning moment, he's thinking Martha is drinking alcohol. Yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, would I have had yeah. the guts to do the same thing of to take my infant son and drive out, you know, head off, and potentially have to then, you know, drive, be... drive to Felpersham and buy all the formula. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it, is Chris stupid? That's a whole separate conversation. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, on the telling the family front, do you think will Alice just be able to say, "Yeah, we need to do that" at this point in time? I'm begging for this to happen so, so badly. I've got a question. I'm going to ask here. I'm going to channel my. For those mm. that remember, like inner inner Donald Rumsfeld, which I don't do very often, and you guys can probably help me out here on the <laughs> subject of who knows. All right, so mm. who knows that Alice knows that they know, and who knows about it that Alice doesn't know they know mm. at this point? Because as far as I remember, Harrison knows, and Alan knows, and Emma. Does Emma know? Yes. Yes. Oh, I must have slept through that one. Because well no, because Emma 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 doesn't know necessarily about the depth of it, but she mm. was got she got the phone call, the drunken phone call. And also Ed had told her because Ed had been Ed had caught Alice yeah, in does, the in the show. Yeah. Does Emma know about the rehab and the fake trip to Bath and all of that? I don't think She's she does. She's got she? it on her radar though, okay. for sure. You can tell by her hesitancy when things are mentioned. Uh, there's a weird, you know, she's thinking, do they know what I know and stuff at times, isn't she? Emma um, and Alice had that conversation where um, Alice was sort of sheepishly saying, oh, I just want you to know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get healthy and I'm looking. So she spoke in, in sort of in code, but mm -hmm. it was well understood by Emma. And then, of course, Gavin knows. 
and Peggy knows. Is there anyone else? Well, uh, Harrison knows. Harrison, yeah. And Alice knows that Harrison knows. Yeah. Um, I just assume Alice doesn't know Peggy knows. No, I no. think that's the gap in her knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. And that's where it all goes, it all runs down the family at that point, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that Peggy hasn't thought to flag it to, like, Brian, Jennifer, what they whoever. need. What they need is a is a birthday video for Peggy to record. <laughs> saying you're drunk yes. and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, but obviously we ne- we now have the christening looming don't yeah. we which will it be like the drunken was it a funeral that um alice got legless yeah that at? was a um, nick's nick's funeral yeah that was that was yeah. that, that was the original moment that we realized mm-hmm. that alice wasn't just a heavy drinker i think i mean i'm listening yeah. i'm list- i'm looking down at a piece of paper and I wrote mm. christening question mark boozy question mark. And she obviously that was a, a massive distraction technique, wasn't it? Where she went, oh, I, I know, Chris. Let's have a christening. Oh, you know, it's like over there. Look, a shiny thing. Don't talk about me and my drinking. Uh, when actually, what will happen is it's a massive party that's going to happen mm-hmm. with yeah. quite a lot of people there. So either the scriptwriters are going to do the massively obvious thing where she gets arsehole and it's all in public and there's a bit of a meltdown and everyone realizes, or it will just be nervous tiptoeing around the whole thing to the point where Chris loses it. I, I I'm hoping. That this they with this little micro sort of incident this week, what they've done is tidied it up enough to say, okay, we've dealt with that, and we all know it's a long term thing that Alice has to go through. She's made this solemn promise to Chris, mm-hmm. and we're just going to push that that this is going to drift off for a while, because it is it's such a, it's got to be a very long term plot. But but I do yeah back back to your point, Kerry. I do think it's very weird that she that, that I don't understand why she's not burning to tell her family of her mum in particular. It's the shame, isn't it? I guess that's driving her. But it's but in that family, surely of all families, what, what? Why would anyone have any shame? She's expressed her feelings of inadequacy, hasn't she? Yeah. Before, and this is if this isn't a feeling of inadequacy, I don't know what is. So, to to actually admit to this in inverted commas failing when actually it's an illness. Um, is very very difficult so i'd love her to admit it but i think it's going to probably be chrissy tells them rather than her they are definitely playing up to this idea of how alert the baby is because the conversation Mm. with brian was very much oh she's Mm. so alert oh do you think so yeah she's as bright as a button it's like well you know they're really yeah she's going to be as clever as her mother yes and uh, what was he said Mm. she's she's going to be a She's got a, she's got a farmer in her or something bizarre like that. He said that oh. took her around the field. One of the things I liked was um, mm. the uh, he said the absolute highlight was uh, Adam going past in a tractor. I know. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad he went past. Yeah, it's always a highlight if he doesn't stop, right? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, love. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she liked the lambs, and yeah, he made that reference about you know it's. Um, mm. I love Brian. In, in I loved him being in this episode. In, well, not the yeah, in this week's episode. Yeah, it was, he was a breath of fresh air, wasn't he? He really bloody was, you know. And he, you know, he said he came to the rescue. All he did really was take uh, Martha out 
and actually gave wine, which was not a rescue. But he doesn't know, does he? He did something, I think, as well, which went under the radar, which was uh, he knew that he had a granddaughter that wasn't sleeping. So he brought over mm. Adam's partnership minutes, which would send, any, <laughs> send anyone off to sleep. <sighs> That's what I should have done last night when I couldn't sleep. <laughs> Just played some sort of Adam tape. Yeah, I can imagine him doing some kind of uh, some uh, partnership minutes over whale music, maybe. Yeah, maybe, I think I'd get too irritated to sleep. Maybe now. Kate uses that up at, um, in her yurts. <laughs> oh, she was good this week, wasn't she? Yeah, she was great, wasn't she? She's, yeah. she's so spectacularly annoying, but in an entertaining way. Yeah. I sort of, I can feel every hackle I have, you know, mm. um, raising just, just with annoyance. And but but it's but it's it's also the, the the apple hasn't rolled far from the tree because Phoebe's becoming increasingly annoying as well. Yeah, but you know, pushy Kate. Kate has pushy as her middle name, doesn't she? And Phoebe, I think she's being set up as being a sort of strident woman character for the future. Phoebe's definitely going to be featuring heavily as a main driving character. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She's like Deborah Meaden without the charm. <laughs> she seems like she's going to be the buffer between Kate and Brian in this particular storyline, doesn't she? Mm. Oh, that was quite interesting because Brian was uncharacteristically ruffled, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't Enough. like it wasn't like oh, I'm a bit cross. Typical Kate. He sounded like he was on the warpath. Yeah, he's been, he's been sitting well, on the loss of the house, hasn't he? I think that's yeah, that's bugging him. And just remind me, was that? Um, Kate, it, it basically they could have they could have sold the land and kept the house, and it was Kate and Jennifer sacrificed her lovely kitchen for the good of Kate and spiritual home. Is that is that is that absolutely what happened? Am I remembering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when Brian said it, um, you know, oh my god, you know, we lost our house because of her refusal, point blank, to move spiritual home. It just sounded so bloody ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't it? I mean, she said that she wanted to move the yurt so they would have the the beautiful view of Millennium Wood because her, her yeah. beef was that at the moment her guests wake up to Adam's farm machinery. So I thought only Ian had that honour, you know. <laughs> but I, th- I mean, I'd, always, I'd, I'd assumed that spiritual homes was worth fighting for. Why else would you kick up such a... Oh, of course, she's Kate, that's why. Mm. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he got very very angry very quickly about that didn't he i don't blame him he's always right and one thing about i mean kate <laughs> i do like kate but she does annoy me a lot and i think part of, of that is i i lived in um a few formative years in the montpellier area of bristol and if anyone's lived in that area it's full of kates and russets mm-hmm. actually oh, it's God. basically like you're, you're rubbing shoulders with them at every uh, um, every turn yeah, really self-righteous and vocally so. Mm-hmm. I once saw an ad in the local newsagent in Montpellier where it, it was an artist asking if he could move in and live for free and he would pay in art. <laughs> that's that's Russ, isn't it, basically? Yes, um, it, it is Russ, literally is. But that's, not, that's what he's doing, isn't it? But he's not mm. even providing art. He's, um, he's getting Jacob Portland of Stoke to knit people sparrowhawks. <laughs> but to be fair, he is selling them. And for the asking price as well. So he sold one. Yeah. 
to have you. I mean, that's a, a whole, that's a whole other show, isn't it? I wish he was in it more, to be honest. Vince Casey is an influencer. Or Vince. Yes. Russ and Vince. I love it. I love Russ. Yeah. I absolutely love him. I mean, in just I think he's uh, he is even more than Jade. It's just such fine work by the actor for him to be yeah. so pompous. He yes. does. He does have. I never ever thought I'd be defending Russ, but he does have some depths. Like when he was looking, when he was giving Lizzie some honest advice, um, when she was going through her um, Usain Bolt speed trip through depression. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, earlier late late last year, he was quite. You know, he he does he did show a little bit of spine and a little bit of gumption. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt he was trying to get in her knickers, to be honest. <laughs> no, but, but at that point, she's about she's about you know four four or five times too old, isn't she? I don't think age differences matter much to him, do they? Ex wife was a former student, wasn't she? Um, yeah, and oh, I then didn't know that. Yeah. So I think you know he's he's got form, but yeah, it's not but an attractive I, I'm, quality. I'm with you, um, Kerry. I really thought they were trying to drum up a, a romance between yeah between Russ and Elizabeth. I was convinced yeah. that was where they were going with it. And I, I'm hoping that the reason that they didn't do that was because if they did do that, he would have to be banished. I think he's for keeps, isn't he? I mean, he's 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 been I around long. So. Enough, he's been around long enough that he could split up with um, um, what's her chops, and Lily, Lily, and that they would that he'd still stick around. Like, I mean, I think mm-hmm. he's I think he's a kind of established enough character. I mean, same yeah. thing with Toby and um, Rex. I was kind of um, I was kind of a bit worried that they were just going to be vanished, mm-hmm. but I think they now they're kind of. A, but you, but they need a certain amount of young young flesh to keep the kind of sexy um who's pairing off with who nature of it going don't they because tom's what is tom's 40 now that whole generation Mm -hmm. of young people sort of aged out of the plot line of that part of the plot line haven't they yeah he's a funny one russ isn't he because he's such a parasite but is so snobby about everything but he would i think he would argue he's a symbiote you know he gives Mm. as much as he takes and it's you know he's uh, Ooh, he's 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 in a, he's locked in a mutually. What's mute he giving? Hmm? <laughs> what is he giving? The erudition, the, the 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 genius of his perspective. Um, I, I think a, he a, might a also. Knowledge. I think he might also yeah. just realise he's onto a good thing as well because when when Vincent mm. Elizabeth got tanked up and just laughed at all the crochet <laughs> artwork, yes. he would have probably thrown an absolute shit fit about that a year ago, and this time he was very kind of. Um, Understanding of it, really. Yeah. Well, Vince laid it out in no uncertain terms. He 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 spelled out exactly the um the you know what a good situation uh, Russ was in. He mentioned you know the the, yeah. the, the, the 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 where he was living, the fact that his mother-in-law tidied up all right and aged well. Um, <laughs> Lily was a looker, I think he said as well. It was all yeah. a bit inappropriate in a way. It but, was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was. But if it was anyone but Vince, I probably would have judged him. But you know, Vince is my Brian. I adore the man. Mm. There's, more to, there's your... more to come with Vince. Oh, so Peter's, yeah. Peter's got Vince. I've got Brian. Who's your top, top favourite, Matthew? Are you asking me? My favourite character? Well, I, I, it's difficult because he's not, not a regular. I, I mean, I do really like Brian. Mm. Um, 
the can obvious. I, can I add a criteria, please? Yes, Kerry, uh, Matthew. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing about the thing about my love of Vince and Kerry's love of Brian is it is an ex- it is almost irrational. Like there's virtually nothing that Vince uh-huh. can do wrong, and I think the same for Brian, right, Kerry? You don't. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be. You don't need to. You don't need to be able to justify this. It can be kind of like a sort of gut thing. Yeah. It, if you if I was to talk about someone who's voice when they when it comes on to the archers mm. just sit back and think, oh it's they're in it this week it's probably jim oh yes yeah Aww. that scene Good. after yeah. the 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 birthing in the in the car mm. where it was jazzer jim and brian all sat around the breakfast table oh, i was so yes. envious that i wasn't there yeah with them I did talk about that as being a favourite scene myself on another podcast. Yeah, yeah I loved that. <laughs> and a fry-up was involved. I think I dislike fry-ups, really. The cholesterol in that house must be through the roof. <laughs> Kerry's house as well, bloody hell. Yeah. Well, that, that whole, uh, what, that whole block on Twitter. <laughs> I've seen the bacon on you, that you showed the other day, actually, Peter. So yeah. You, I- no, I'm you not, fried I'm not your bacon. To, I grill mine. I'm not so, trying to. You know. I'm not trying to shame you, Gary. I just, you know, <laughs> but when when everyone else turned up with this kind of keto, high protein diet, you must have just thought, "Well, I've been doing that for four decades." You know, without yeah, batting an eyelid, exactly, pretty much. <laughs> um, any any woman who any woman who's given <laughs> as a Christmas gift a large jar of pork scratchings is you know, on shaky ground when it comes to sort of like pushing back on this one. Yeah, that was a birthday gift. For Christmas, I got the advent calendar of pork scratchings. Well, there we go. Okay. So, I, have yeah. a, I have a friend in um, <laughs> in Bristol who calls pork scratchings angel breath. I don't know quite what the reason. I like that, that person without knowing anything more about them. I did. That's it's. Um, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that sort of happened through all this weird patriotism and nationalism and strange kind of back and forth on Brexit recently has been sort of like, I've sort of started, I'd never really thought about the country I was from, but obviously we got like the pub country. One of the things like, you know, like the, the Eskimos have, you know, famously 50 words for snow or blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm. But just, just the, the richness of our pub culture, I think there needs to be sort mm. of examined, described it more like I, a, a guy I used to work with, he had to like a sort of, 10 different words for pints depending on the time of evening how he's drinking so you know he'd start off with a freshener then they would then it, they'd be you know all, you know there'd, there'd be looseners and you know and and you knew exactly where in the evening as he just sort of gradually worked through his kind of lexicon of pintology what was the last pint of the evening called um oh, do, do a knee trembler or something that's something completely different <laughs> that's isn't something it something, completely. Completely. That's something you do because you've had that last you pint you probably yeah. can't do because yeah. you've had so many bloody pints i did have a, i did have a friend who once had once had sex up against the wall um you whilst wearing crutches is that so a cocktail he, um but he, well he, he did like a cocktail but he but yeah he called it a, a, it was a, it was a crutch buckler when he had sex up against the wall whilst um, whilst on crutches Jesus. yeah <laughs> which i mean just the, the upper body strength i mean you know i mean lee when you like... said crutch buckler i was thinking of a different crutch oh i'm Sorry, until you said about the. Well, it might be yeah. both. I mean, you know, if you've if, if there's there's walls, there's a metal, there's you know metal rods. I mean, something oh, you know, there's, there's potential for injury. Keep um, going. And then, I mean, keep going, Peter. None of this is going to go in, is it? Well, no, <laughs> we're we're people of taste and discretion, but I mean, having having um having massively injured yourself with in some kind of um drunk and sex related injury, obviously um our favourite character in the archers lee 
would be there to help you on your slow road to recovery, rehabilitating you, looking after you, um, Mm. entertaining you with um, delightful and interesting chit chat all the way. Uh, I could not could not have been more upset than (laughs) when I found out in Kirsty breathlessly informed them and us that she was gifting them that house. Oh, God. Infuriating. Absolutely infuriating. That oh, So much about it is infuriating. One is that there's a magic money tree slash house tree, isn't there, in the arches. That's awful. And it's only awful because I wish it was happening in my own life, really. Um, the other awful thing is that the magic house tree thing happened to Helen and Lee. I mean... They don't deserve this at all. They they shouldn't be having this house. Other people should benefit from the house. I don't like it. I, I honestly think, I mean, <laughs> really angry. I, I like the way Helen pretends all the time to be, you know, this faux surprise. Like, oh, you're giving me the house. I mean, when Kirsty was offering her giving, <laughs> was, re, was re-gifting. I don't know if it's re-gifting if you give a gift back. The slow cooker that mm. had been a wedding gift from Pat and Tony. All I, yeah. all I could think was Helen was like, where is this going to go in the kitchen of my new house? It's <laughs> yours. You know, yeah, they ain't getting that. Because um, yeah. she said, um, they won't be embarrassed, will they? And she's like, no, they won't be embarrassed. I'm keeping it. But she's going to rent it to them. Is that right? Did I hear that right? No, they, yeah. Is it rent or was it, was it then maybe selling? I think oh, she actually, said, yeah, she then did say. If you want to uh, buy it. Yeah. So, so Fi- Philip's gone down for eight years for being mm-hmm. a modern slaver, and yet somehow his assets mm. aren't all being seized, right? He he wrote a special letter. Yes. Saying well, I mean, I've I've tried rich. to write special letters many times in my life <laughs> to get out of shit, and it yeah. hasn't worked. Mm. Yeah. I need to revisit the episode to properly understand that. And I'm sure legal Twitter will be going, what? In fact, I did see someone say Kirsty wasn't even on the deeds of the house. So, you know, you can't just write this thing to say that she can suddenly do what she likes with it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 all, it's all down to Philip's largesse, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the... Regretful, remorseful Philip, you know, trying to look good in Kirsty's eyes. That's what they're leaning on. Right. Well, this is good because what it might mean is that it's all absolute bullshit and Lee and Helen can't have the house. Yeah. Well, the, the, what, basically, what's happened is That'd we've had good. to sit through over half a year of modern slavery plot lines. Three young men, three young men mistreated physically and mentally and abused, sold, sold to, you know, this evil. Um, and fancy car driving Victoria, uh, hours and hours of our time just so that they can give Helen and Lee a big house without having to make it plausible. Just so they could, you know, without making Helen go and get a proper job and do some do some work. It's been apps. It's uh, it, and which is fine if it then gets taken away at the last moment. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> but what 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 is the what is the worst thing about this? What is the worst thing about this? I mean, there is there is Lee. only one correct. The, Lee is now a permanent. <laughs> member of the cast i know he, he was, he was of it. he was so oh. happy i thought he was gonna 
order mm. Mr. Wen's meal for 15. He was so <laughs> He's like <laughs> Lofty from um from EastEnders. Oh, he just, he, God. His ambition, his ambition yeah. in life, and I don't mean his job or anything snobbish like that. I just mean like uh, Matthew's hinting at, just he's got no, there's nothing to him. There's nothing to Helen either. But I mean, Kirsty came there, round really? and asked, "Is Lee here?" And Helen said, "I don't know. He may have gone to work yet." Yeah, <laughs> you she... can't tell, even if he's in the room. Plus, I think it's his all his planning that he was making for the garden. He's going to build a swing, the swing, a, mm. a climbing frame, and a salt course. If he builds an assault course, he's just going to be ringing Helen every five minutes at work, saying, "I've lost the kids." Is it, does it make me a bad person <laughs> that when people are so? sort of obviously no. nice that it just all, all i can do is suspect them and just think that there's a, there's a by the way this these, this this attitude has never been proven wrong um basically every time anyone's pretended to be that nice or virtue signal to that degree in my life they've always turned out to be complete shitbags so i i think you know i i just think either lee's badly scripted or he's um he's even worse than moss i just thought the most chilling thing he said was when they were trying to Helen was trying to sell the idea to the both of them. And she said, uh, mum and dad, just five minutes up the road. And Lee said, yes, the ideal distance. Oh, I was just like, my God. is five minutes the ideal distance for Pat and no. Tony? I would, have, I would no, like, like a natural body of water and possibly some volcanic <laughs> Icelandic magma between me. A massive body of soup. Elon <laughs> Musk could turn his entire, the rest of his life towards creating infrastructure and uh, transportation links um, to try and get Pat as far away from me as possible. It'd still be too close. She is... <laughs> It, oh yeah anyway because this is what it means because they're in the house it means first of all it means lee and it also means that they're going to, tony's going to be popping round. there's going to be some kind of awful awful plot line where tony and lee are going to have some kind of you know who's the bigger man clash over doing some diy to help helen settle in uh-huh. um bonding experience where sort of lee has to say i understand i understand i understand tony you know <laughs> what well, well, but don't worry i'll look after helen it's oh it's gonna be awful well, Helen did say right at the end, there's always a hitch. So maybe the hitch yeah. will be it all comes tumbling down as Kerry wishes. I do wish. Uh, the thing is, like Helen, I, I, don't, I didn't like her before the Rob thing. I don't like her now. What the audience and the scriptwriters want for Helen, because they like her more than I do, is for her to find someone who is lovely to her. And so they've created Lee, haven't they? Lovely, lovely Lee. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, other than that I'm wholly unsatisfied with him <laughs> as a character. <laughs> but that's what they've done. They've constructed this lovely, lovely man. They were, You were saying earlier on, Kerry, about people doubting um, Tracy and Jazza as a kind of like a couple who should be together. Mm. But they have, you can imagine, they'd never be bored the conversation would always flow and the conversation would be interesting yep. to other people. I mean, yep. uh, those two, Helen and Lee, they are the type of people all they have to talk to talk to each other about is what other people have done. They're the kind of people all they'll talk yes. about is stuff on Netflix um, or <laughs> that funny thing that someone else said at work. Like they've got no, they've got nothing of the, yeah. themselves no to give. Thought. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. None. Hey, well, I think, um, yeah, absolutely none. I think you're being very unfair to uh, Helen's... <laughs> motivational speech for Kirsty because all of this came oh from Kirsty ringing Helen for a chat yeah. didn't it? I like the, the, I like the way like Helen answered she said well 
I was just eating <gasps> cheese. Oh, that I highlighted that with my highlighter pen. It, that was my top favorite it, phrase. If I had to week. say, if someone rang me when I was mid cheese and I couldn't talk, I would never have any phone conversations whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Matthew. I'm, I'm, I'm generally missed mid cheese like 50% of my waking hours. Charlotte yes. caught me eating like just bait. I, I, I gave it, I've just finished a year of not drinking and I've managed to double my weight. I can't fit in any of my clothes. And it's because I've replaced booze with cheese mm-hmm. and chocolate. And she, and chocolate. And Charlotte caught me the other day just, I mean, like a bear tearing into a kind of like, you know, a, a, a baby seal, just like tearing this huge fistful of cheese out of, you know, out of the block in the fridge. And the Do look you ever disc- bite hmm? the block of cheese from the fridge so there are teeth marks in the block of cheese? Uh, if I when I've lived on my own, absolutely, it's my cheese, my fridge. I can do what the hell I, I can do what the hell I want with it. But out of respect to the people I live with, no, I wouldn't. But mm. I don't see if if or for instance, if I lived in a house where no one, it's not shame. Like if I lived in a house where no one else ate the cheese, I would feel very happy doing that. If I do, if I do have sliced, if I have sliced cheese occasionally in the fridge, um, I do tend to roll it up in a little tube and eat it like that. What was your when you were working as a chef? What was your, um, you know, your guilty food on the way home after sort of like one in the morning after cleaning up the kitchen and sort of heading home? What was um, the thing that you know? Obviously, you're not going to cook again. What was your sort of terrible bad for you meal that the, the cliche meal that chefs always uh, have? Rick's hamburgers on the corner that's just opposite in the heading down to Temple Bar in Dublin. It's sadly it's no more. It's closed now due, due, during lockdown, but it's been going since oh. the mid eighties. And it was a wonderful late night burger place full of Was it a filthy place or one of those wholesome it was, good ones? It wasn't filthy, or... it was wholesome, but the clientele were filthy. Um mm. and generally you'd take a number after your order and you know, Ireland's a very jovial place, particularly in the early hours of a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday morning. And when your number was called, everyone would cheer for you like you'd won the lottery. <laughs> oh, that's good. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I just, yeah. just recently discovered. So yeah, I mean it was always something Dirty and greasy on the way home, but I mean, mostly and the, the thing burger. About chefs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Most of the times you forget to eat in the kitchen. You're surrounded by mm. food, but you, but um, I mean, guilty pleasure in work would have been the cheese trolley, always nipping mm. around the other side of the hatch and helping yourself to the cheese trolley. So you literally were mid cheese, yeah, all your life, really. Uh-huh. And Helen, she always works cheese into everything. There was a couple of weeks ago, I think, when Kirsty was having her. Her searching for the boys crisis she said she was going to come and see Helen at work and Helen said well you don't have to put a hat on unless you come cheese side <laughs> I mean that's that's another point isn't it Helen is such a detestable character that she makes cheese for a living and I still don't want anything to do with her <laughs> yeah she can she can make cheese be revolting yeah yeah that that is you're right that is testament Ultimate to condemnation. horror Yep, the horror of Helen. So, um, the podcast we've done yeah. we've done a an hour roughly, and I wouldn't normally mention mm-hmm. this on air except for the fact that we've been received we've received so, so part of the reason we're doing the podcast is because we did receive between so maybe five and ten people sort of reaching out and saying you know now that you are free do you want to to do something like that um, you know to keep on going on air doing another podcast and so that's why we're doing it but. All, but even more requests came in, bizarrely, without actually asking us to do a podcast, basically assuming we were going to, to say, keep it under an hour. So we're going to try and do right, that. Okay. Um, yeah. We're going to try and do that in general. I think it feels like a pretty good length. 
Um, mm. uh, we're not going to apologise if we do go over that, if they, we, we get we get chatting, um, but that's going to be our aim. If you want it to be shorter, then please get in touch. And in fact, uh, part of the, the, the benefit of sort of rushing this out, it has been a real um, sort of like, uh, um, it's been really enjoyable. The three of us have put sort of a reasonable amount of effort to sort of get, get to where we are, but it has been done in a bit of a hurry. So, but the, so the benefit is it is a blank canvas. And if there are any tweaks that you want, please do send us an email at um, hello at the um, cidershed.com uh, or get in touch with any of us on Twitter. Um, Kerry, what's our Twitter handle again? It's at the cidershed pod. Is it, pod it is. podcast or pod? Pod, at the cidershed pod. Yeah, so you can drop a DM or, you know, just tweet openly in public. Yeah, don't mind. We, we have yeah. little to no shame. So if you want to make the criticism public, then feel free or just send any of us a, me a message on Twitter. Um, I'm at Pete Fickling on Twitter. Kerry is at Kerry Warbis, K-E-R-I-W-A-R-B-I-S. And Matthew? I am at Mr. Weir. Yeah, so we'd all... Oh, sorry, Matthew. With capital M, capital W, but I don't think that makes much difference. I was very early in on the Twitter. So yeah, I'm jealous of I'm jealous of your 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 Twitter handle, which is which is, <laughs> shows how, how tragic my life has become under lockdown. <laughs> I even think of such things. But that... and there's Facebook too. Ah, isn't there? yes, of course, Facebook. Please get us in touch with us on Facebook, Matthew. What's our Facebook handle? We are the. Hang on, let me just check. It is the Cider Shared Podcast. Right there, you go. So. Um, yeah, as I say, just to repeat myself, please do tell us what you want, because we are more than happy to um, try and oblige. Uh, roughly, mm -hmm. this is going to be what we're going to be doing. A bit of nonsense. Um, we are we are not trying to compete with any of the other people out there. So we're, we're just trying to do what we do and we'll let them do what they do. Um, and yeah, and I, I've, um, I'm really, really glad to keep this in my life. Um, I so enjoy getting together with Kerry and Matthew. It's that's been one of the real treats over the last few weeks has been getting to know yeah. Matthew better. Um, and I can't wait to come back every week and, um, share a bit of this, um, whatever it is with, with all of you. Uh, I'll second that. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. Um, obviously we had like a small bit of contact before. Um, but mm -hmm. it's been really good fun and I'm really, um, really impressed with uh, with both of you of, of how you've managed to <laughs> get things rolling. Obviously, like all sheds, there's going to be a leaky roof every now and again <laughs> that we'll have to plug and people are just going to have to bear with us. Did we mention the email, by the way? I think Ooh, we did, but I'll mention one. it another time. Okay, uh, One more time. It's hello at thesidershed.com. Okay, beautiful. Oh, yeah, and to that point, Matthew, thank you. Um, yeah, please do get in touch. Um, we will be guided by whatever you send us. So if it's just you want to have more recipes from Matthew, fine. Um, you want to tell me off for teasing Carrie about her almost entirely meat-based diet, fine. <laughs> but we're not, you know, it's it's a, at the moment, it's an open book. So just tell us whatever your thoughts are and we will be glad to hear. Yeah, and just be great. This would probably be a one-off, but this entire episode until now didn't contain the word shula oh <gasps> King hell. sorry oh, sorry guys with your head sorry. right right okay shut it down <laughs> bye <laughs> bye love bye. you guys planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.